welcome to this first episode of the Mama Made podcast. I'm so beyond honored to have Rosie joining me. You might know her as Mama Well on Instagram. She gives all kinds of advice about training, um, both when you're pregnant and postpartum, just general well-being as a mom or as a parent. I love her content. I just find it so refreshing and so honest and so relatable. And so I can't think of anybody better to join me to talk through the basics of weaning and how you know when you're ready and just yeah just talk about what it is to to start introducing solids to a baby what that feels like and what the actual practicalities are i loved hearing about how she approached it with her first and then with her second we had so much fun talking through our respective experiences um, and really just shows how every baby is different and there's no way to know if you're doing it right you just have to learn to trust your gut so i hope you love this episode as much as i loved recording it please let us know um, and i will leave it from here for rosie to take it away It's just such a pleasure to have you here. It's so nice to be here and congrats on the podcast. I'm so excited <laughs> for you guys. Thank you. So maybe just to introduce yourself for anybody listening who doesn't know you, um, could you tell us a bit more about yourself and your family and your beautiful kids? Absolutely. So my name's Rosie. You can find me online as Mama Well. I am a mum of two lovely girls. I have a five-year-old and a little one who's just turned one. And I live in southwest London. And yeah, I'm a mum to them. And my work kind of life is um, I'm a women's fitness specialist. I focus on pregnancy and postpartum fitness primarily, though really for all women. Um, And not just the kind of movement side of it, I'm really big into how this can support us mentally and through our daily lives to kind of just make us feel the best that we can. Um, And especially through pregnancy and beyond, it's very intense physically, mentally, and the body changes and adapts in really brilliant ways. And I want all women I work with to realize that their body's going to change and not be afraid of that, be empowered to um, grasp that with both hands and see what they can do to help themselves, whether it's in movement or how they can avoid pain, how they can give themselves a bit more energy, just to like really help them with all aspects of their life. So yeah, my message is very much not about um, anything like the bounce back or like no pain, no gain. It's all about what can you add into your life just a few minutes movement that's going to make you feel really amazing and sort of help you in your life as a mother or as somebody who works full-time or whatever you're doing. And I love that mental health element to your content and what you contribute because I know like for me so many times I'm scrolling and I see sort of one of your your quotes or, or like a workout you're doing where you talk about more of the mental health well-being. I'm like, oh, I needed this tonight. I think I comment that on like every one of your posts. Yeah, it, it resonates with me too. I mean, and it wasn't till I became a mom that I really embraced this more holistic side of things um I just think it's so necessary and I hope I feel in 2021 we've moved into this sphere a bit more of um looking at how we can support ourselves as opposed to like take something away from ourselves punish ourselves so I feel like it's just so important and through motherhood it's really intense it really pushes a lot of buttons with stress um, fatigue and sort of not feeling like yourself sometimes and I think if we can stick together and find tools that can help us it's really beneficial of course and I think that actually is a really nice way for us to kind of jump into this 
topic of our first podcast, which is, of course, talking about weaning and how do you start weaning? Because for us at Mama Made and for myself, you know, why I started Mama Made, the kind of parent role in it is so important. You know, introducing our kids to this this next stage when they're often quite small and we're still new to the whole thing. Um, so for me, I'm really excited to speak to you about your own experience and how you kind of thought and felt about it. Because, um, yeah, of course, as parents, our sort of number one role is to keep our kids fed. It's something we sort of obsess about as soon as they start milk and and then with weaning it can feel especially overwhelming as well as with parents you kind of have this idea of what it's going to look like um of how it's going to go a lot of our own kind of expectations of how um meal times will go and i know for me in particular for example i was sort of using this weaning experience as a way to kind of correct my own food issues that i have that i didn't want my daughter to have that i wanted her to have this like amazing relationship with food that i don't have and um there's a lot of sort of baggage sometimes. Sophie, I'm nodding my head along here because you've touched <laughs> on so many different points. It's sort of expectation versus reality. It's the feeling of we have this like absolutely fresh start, like a clean plate, as it were, with our little ones to kind of introduce them to this world of food. And then also I feel, you know, everyone's got their opinion and there's so many different options. What should you be doing? It's It can be very overwhelming. And like you say, it's another thing. I feel like sometimes there's so much pressure on a particular particularly mums, let's say. It's another thing, the feeding, the sleep, this, you're meant to be doing that. Um, what I do like about Mama Made is it took a lot of pressure off just having a few different options of things that to give my daughter Stella and find out what she might love. It was, yeah, so yeah, let's dive in. There's lots yeah. to cover. <laughs> so I suppose on that note, when you did start weaning, I mean, first Charlotte as your first daughter and then um, several years later with Stella, um, sort of what you, did you have expectations of what the weaning journey would be like? How did, Where was your head at when you started first with your first daughter and then how was that different with your second? So I think with the first, I was much more into getting prep, like, you know, getting the bib and getting the bowl and kind of reading up a bit beforehand and very much like I'm going to do everything in the order, you know, and then I've got to take a couple of weeks doing, you know, pureed veg and I'm going to do a lot of finger food and baby lab weaning. You know, I was kind of like into it all yeah. um, with a lot of enthusiasm. And I hadn't necessarily, I definitely hadn't thought about the mess. I hadn't thought about, and you know, to let go of that kind of perfectionism of like wow my kid's just thrown everything on the floor and it's not because she doesn't like it it's because throwing food is probably quite fun for a seven month old you know or she wants to squidge it up you know you just forget that a child is not going to be starting to eat and then suddenly like feeding themselves within with a spoon straight away so allowing that process I think was something I had to learn and, and just learn to enjoy kind of allowing the mess and the you've got to let the kids touch the food how are they ever going to feed themselves if you don't let them kind of play around with the spoon and all that stuff so letting go of that control I think was um interesting for myself um and then I remember with Charlotte actually you know when they're quite young they seem to my ones both seem to eat sort of a really wild variety of stuff and then suddenly when they're one I don't know what age one and a half Charlotte was a bit more fussy about lots of things and I found that quite um not stressful but a bit like disheartening because I'm a real foodie and I love I you know I really love quite um a wide variety of foods and I was making her all this like lovely 
you know, chicken risotto and quinoa this. And then, which was delicious. And she was just like, Bleh. so then I was like, okay, cheese on toast again. You feel a bit like, A, am I giving my kid anything nutritious? And B, I've just spent ages making this. Um, okay, I'm going to freeze it. And what I learned was at some point, they generally come back to liking it. So just keep trying. That was with Charlotte. <laughs> and she likes lots of foods now. She's still a bit particular about, I think, you know, she's five. She's like, oh no, I don't like that. Or like, I really like that. So it's just kind of working with her rather than pushing back to her. That's such a good point about the kind of um, perfectionism or how you kind of have an idea in your head. I think often have this idea of wanting to do things right or wanting to follow those lists and those checklists. And that's something that I'm sort of categorically against (laughs) specifically because yeah, exactly. Feeding, it it changes, it evolves. And a baby that eats beautifully and everything, you know, at 14, 15 months, it's totally normal for them to start being really fussy at two to be really fussy. And so much of it comes down to kind of ourselves as you know, I'm learning now how much of parenting comes down to how we as parents respond rather than kind of what are the children actually doing it's sort of about changing our own responses rather than oh, yeah. change their behavior like wanting to be perfect and having a vision in your mind I mean kid doesn't know this vision and you're just setting yourself up for failure really thinking that it's going to be you know I everyone's guilty of showing the pictures on Instagram or wherever on the blogs of these little children sort of neatly putting something in their mouth but we need to remember not to compare that's just a snapshot they haven't shown the bit where they've kind of like squidged it everywhere and refused it and chucked the whole bowl on the floor so yeah I think we need to take our our feelings out of it a bit you know yeah and to try to just be the bigger person about it really (laughs) yeah exactly and I think that's such an important point about looking at how much is just a snapshot of what's going right a lot of times it doesn't it's not a linear process and yeah I mean so when you started to wean both of your daughters usually you know when you follow those books and you're trying to do everything right there's usually these signs of when is kind of the quote-unquote right time to start weaning so Mm -hmm. the three signs that usually appear around six months would be you know they're able to sit up and hold their head steady um they've lost their tongue thrust reflex they're able to swallow food rather than spitting it out interested in food so they might try to you know grab whatever's in your mouth but Liba rather than Arthur I, I sort of of, even though I knew about these signs, I did sort of like ignore them in the sense that I felt like I knew when she was ready. Um, so I'm really curious if you had a similar experience or, if, or sort of how did you know with both of yours when it felt like the right time to start introducing solids? Yeah, so with both of mine, I wanted to wait six months. There was no sort of talk of you should introduce something earlier. So I thought I'd wait till that, um, though I do know some people start a little earlier. And um, I just wanted it also to be a bit convenient for me. Like I think with my eldest, we were on holiday it's exactly six months I was like I'm just gonna wait till we're back with Stella she was very interested in everything we were doing because she was way more involved at mealtimes we seemed to be all together whereas it felt like with Charlotte we often ate while she napped or something like that so Stella I just yeah she was really interested and quite grabby but I waited till six months and then we just sat her in the chair and gave her a few bits and she kind of really knew what seemed to know she was involved in the meal straight away and interestingly with her I think we talked about this when we chatted prior but I decided I was going to introduce the lunchtime sort of meal at some sort of time in the middle of the day. And that worked well. But then I realized very quickly with Stella, like we were all eating breakfast together and she wanted to be involved. So I just sat her up at the table and we just started with little bits of um, fruit and um, we had some porridge. And she just loved the breakfast straight away because 
you know, that was an easy meal to introduce because we were all eating as a family. Yeah, I was really happy we just did that within the first week. And then, yeah, she was kind of just involved with it all, which was fun. You've made such a good point there about the kind of when to introduce and how you you did it and, and also the kind of mental health element for yourself. Um, and when you as a parent, it sort of felt right. Because I think that's something that, especially first time parents who may be listening, often we sort of ignore our own needs or our own wants in, in favor of what we're reading is kind of the right thing to do. And actually, when it comes to introducing solids, how important it is for us as the parents to feel ready. And if that means waiting another few weeks, like, no, there's no police that's going to come knocking on your door. Exactly. Because... I know the nutritionists probably, they're professional, right? So they're going to say, you know, you should do things in a certain order. And that's great. But for me as well, I think if you're stressed about this, this is a quite, a, you know, it's another thing to add in your day. You're probably, you haven't dropped a milk feed, whether you're breastfeeding or bottle. At this point, you're probably doing the same. So that's quite busy. You've got them napping. Then you've got to try to get to the park with them and all this stuff. Then you've got to make a meal. Now, you don't want to stress yourself out too much. The baby is not going to know if they're eating at midday or after their nap. Maybe sometimes I let Stella have her nap first. And I was like, well, how do you lunch afterwards? And I knew she wasn't hungry and so we just made it work and it was a lovely time together having the lunch as opposed to me thinking oh my god I've got to dash and get this um you know mashed potato down her before her nap and so I just made it work I really wanted everything to just fit in with both of our lives especially early on when you're just introducing now she's on her three meals so you know we have to fit all of them in <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're all set but yeah it is a lot and it's really overwhelming and I remember being with Libra just being completely militant about like no like it needs to start with the 11 o'clock meal and then I'm going to do breakfast and I'm going to do dinner and I was so obsessive over everything that she did and when and all that really happened was that I was stressed and she was unsettled. <laughs> what the baby sees is they mirror what we're doing so if we can be happy and relaxed and sort of it's fine it doesn't matter so much and I feel like we need to just remember that they can't read our minds you know only we know what's going on and feeling like this pressure we're putting ourselves under they're just like oh wow what's this green thing I'm going to try to put in my mouth yummy yeah and I mean very sort of opposite with Arthur he resisted routine was kind of my line about him forever I just couldn't make heads or tails of what he was doing when I mean our milk foods were all over the place mm. I was giving solids like whenever I kind of had him in the high chair because that's when Leva was eating and mm. um, now it's sort of funny how they do kind of settle into a rhythm once they get a bit older and that was something that I didn't allow to happen naturally with Leva. I was very much forcing it and okay. now that he's 10 months and he is on a, on a routine but it's something that he's really kind of settled into himself um, and so that's been like fascinating to watch I think how you sort of you know, especially as a first time mom maybe don't believe that the baby will kind of find their rhythm um, yeah. as they do. Yeah and to that point as well I'm really noticing I don't know if I'm noticing it more or I'm just more open to it but Stella is she'll eat quite a lot and then she's really quite pushy about like no I'm done kind of thing or yeah. one thing she'll be like and like push it away where and then I could try a few different ways like I might put a bit on the on the table for her to pick up and then I'll offer her other things and she'll probably eat more but she's just a bit like either no I'm done with that I'm bored of it or I'm actually full so I'm just trying to then not be like well I'm going to trick you and try to make you eat more as long as she's had a bit I'm all for like now making my life easier just offer something else yeah exactly I think and that's that's really feeding responsibly which when you think about it is how we sort of are often that is the best way to feed responsibly in those early days and then that 
that carries on with solids so that you are responding to their cues. So not forcing them to eat something when they're not hungry for it. And, and equally, um, if they are hungry and it doesn't feel like it's meal time to you, they're hungry. So um, yes, that too. Notice that and give them a little snack. I, I read something really good, actually, which was exactly what you're saying. You know, as adults, we're not always every meal wanting to eat, you know, our whole plate of food. And sometimes we're hungry at different times of day. Um, sometimes we're famished in the morning. Other times we might wait an hour before eating and it, it's, it's exactly the same with children they're not going to be just wanting their full meal at the exact moment we put it on the table every day so we just have to kind of go with that a bit exactly and you made a really good point earlier how when you're just starting out with solids um often you know the milk is the same um that won't change so and that's often a, a huge question for parents is like but what do i actually do about milk feeds how do i do it when do i do it so i'm just curious if you know all we can really do there's no right or wrong all we can do was really share experiences um so what did you do about milk feeds and kind of managing that transition yeah so um we'll talk with Stella because I'm in it now so I'm still breastfeeding Stella she does take a bottle when I'm not there and sometimes when I'm there it's just you know with lockdown and things I'm I've been around quite a lot so we've kept going with that so I for a long while it wasn't like I was weaning her I was just introducing food so it was the same amount of milk um, and I've always kind of done that thing of um, feeding when they wake up and then you've got your activity time so I'm not generally feeding before the nap unless for some reason I feel like she hasn't had enough so yeah I just honestly she's now one I still breastfeed her when she wakes up in the morning and then she'd have milk after her morning nap and then she'd have milk after her lunchtime nap so she's on those four and then before bed so the four feeds a day of milk and I'm just keeping going with that I'm guessing she's taking a bit less milk sometimes that suited me quite well because she's quite quick now with it. I think it's quite efficient. Um, I'd be interested to see if I did cut one. I remember with Charlotte at that age, she was a bit more on the bottle with, with the daytime milks. And then she was still on her food. I think I'd stick with this unless um, I saw she wasn't eating. Yeah, we would definitely say not to sort of actively cut back on milk. Um, and every baby will do it in their own time. Like with Liba, she just... I mean, we always had sort of issues with feeding with her. Um, she was just always a very hungry child. Yeah. As soon as she started solids, it was like her whole world was like cracked open. And I think she dropped her daytime bottles almost immediately. Right. And I remember being quite worried about that because not having any milk, but it was fine. She was eating beautifully. Um, whereas Arthur, we're still sort of figuring it out. We haven't actively cut back on his bottles and he's not cutting back on his milk. He's just having his milk and his solids. Um, yeah, still and- the same. I would say she's not one of those kids but neither of mine have been one of those children who would like devour two bowls of porridge for breakfast or you know some parents were like oh they can't they can't have enough kind of thing they're just sort of moderate eaters and they were wanting the milk as well and I think if they're happy and you're happy then that's perfect for you now coming up I don't know when but I would slightly start to um, maybe drop the feet in the day before and then I'd keep the morning and the night one but I think not for a while yeah and I think it does just come down to that kind of trial and error often um, so with with Arthur like sometimes we we've given him the bottle before the meal sometimes the bottles after the meal and we're still sort of figuring out what's working um, so to anyone who's 
also confused <laughs> just to reassure that there's no right or wrong. Right. Uh, it kind of is just figuring out the rhythm that works for the baby, but also for yourself. Totally. Cause I was thinking the exact thing this morning because I was, I give her a breastfeed when I wake her up in the morning and then she'll have her breakfast after. And I was just feeding her and I was thinking, Oh, I wonder if there's a point where this should swap around maybe. But then I thought, actually, I love this feed. And after breakfast, it's all quite busy getting my daughter to school. And then, you know, we're on to the next thing and probably it just works well this way and she's eating her breakfast so why change it so yeah it works for us amazing um and so I'm just thinking back to you know people get their list they get their checklist they're told to buy the book as you said with Charlotte you know you were you were buying all the kit all the gear I know with Liba I was like batch pureeing and then I put it in those cubes in the freezer and then in the end she didn't even want puree so what were your sort of go-to weaning equipment and recommendations well so I do love the um I love a batch cook um so I'd make a risotto or a stew and then I'd pulse it a bit so I, I always liked my kids both seem to like the not completely puree so I because I feel like they learn to chew even when they don't have any teeth they're chewing away so I do like a lumpy kind of thing but everyone each to their own um so I do a batch cook and then I'd get I had those silicone um well it's kind of an ice cube tray right but just a bit bigger and I just then always would freeze and have them in the um freezer in cubes so then I just defrost and when I notice I've got hardly any left, I'm like, right, come on, let's cook again. So I'd have a few things always, like a bolognese. I love a dal. That always worked really well for us with lentils. And sometimes I'd just even mix them a bit, um, the, different, the different things. Um, so that worked well, the, the freezing. And then I, I really liked like the double bib, you know, the one with like the long sleeves. So it's like an all over body kind of suit thing. And then on top, the silicone little bib that catches all the bits in. Because I think oh, that's that a just... Good move. Yeah. Oh my God, because I just found that they put their elbows in stuff. And then it, it sort of goes down the neck and all the onesies. Like you're never, you just can't believe it. Like broccoli, anything pureed or spat out from a kid's mouth really stains. Broccoli, carrots, I've never seen anything like it. So I'd like the double bib. And then I do like all the, the plates that stick to the table. There are some really nice products there now. But I don't think you need that much, especially if you're doing finger food. A nice wipe clean tray, you know, attaching to the um, high chair. We love the stocker high chair, but everyone's got their own kind of opinion on those. But yeah, the white clean tray that you can pop down a selection of bits and bobs on, I, I like that. And one of those things you can put on the floor. Some people use a shower curtain, but I did buy something that was plastic and just put it under the chair. That doesn't really protect the floor because they can lob it on the wall, you know. I was going to say, I've never, I mean, we've got um, hard floors, so I've, I've never really bothered with putting anything underneath, but mm. it doesn't spend a lot of time on my hands and knees. So I suppose it would be um, yeah. probably a better. You only put it down sometimes. Yeah, I just think. And those, and yeah, you need like a good flannel to kind of like, you want your floor cloth and your, your hands cloth, you know, because you, you want to putting everything clean after. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's funny how you just see how different different experiences are and different methods are because I've never actually used the long sleeve bib I've always been the kind of lazy parent that just strips for me I'm just like oh, one less thing to wash let me just give totally. them naked but then you know I've got my my parents who are like how come Arthur's naked in every picture <laughs> why am I bothering um okay amazing advice so I mean I so admire you for for batch cooking I mean I wish I could be that organized in life um I definitely have gone more the route of obviously Arthur's pretty much only ever eaten in mama made um, some more mama made in my life I tell you because I had them in the freezer and they were brilliant um because there are those times when there's loads of times where you don't have anything and also when they're in a bit of a fussy phase and you're like right I'll try something else 
it's good to have a selection. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I'm I'm also partial to, so there was this one item that I sort of resisted the first time around. I thought it was so pointless, which is the steamer blender. But I have become, I mean, it's a bit of an investment, I have to say, but Tommy Tippy do a nice one. Um, Bayaba do a nice one. And I'm a big fan of it now because um, you can steam such small quantities um, very quickly, which that's is so good. Because, yeah, a friend of mine, she was using that and did um, used to do like mini roast dinners and stuff. She put like a little bit of chicken breast in and some potato and do it all in one I am a big fan of those now but I will say I, I felt it was completely unnecessary with Liba so you don't need it but I I can see the the benefits I, of it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah totally speaking of your products the sort of your finger foods I found really good as well like the lentil um patties just because when I'm out and about I don't really want to always give her rice cakes or maize snacks I, so those are quite good and more nutritious so those kind of things have been brilliant when we're at the museum and things and you're just like I cannot be like getting out a load of sloppy food for you <laughs> exactly I mean that's literally why we we created them I feel like I'm just like the laziest parent so anything to make our lives easier um yeah, so and... moment immediately with the second time with Stella I did a few weeks like I said of kind of um you know introducing things I can do this no longer and I just made a giant bolognese and I was like <laughs> right put it in two pans that's for Charlotte and Stella blitz Stella's a bit add some salt and pepper for me and Rick Charlotte's is there and I was like we're having bolognese and from that moment forward I did a, a few more of these kind of family meals that's really helped me I think really great time <laughs> Or energy, a mess. No, that's perfect. And that can last you for quite a while. So with just out of curiosity, because I think a lot of people get hung up on the, again, the right and the wrong and, and what order, just to reassure people, there is no right or wrong. What were your daughter's first foods? Um, little Stella. Oh my God, this is so terrible. I can't really remember. But I did um, some, I was doing veg rather than fruit. And I did um, some broccoli. I did sweet potato. You know what? Sweet potato early on steamed very soft she was mushing it herself really early on and I just also spoon fed her what else did I do very early on butternut we did some I also can't remember but I was just I had to think as I asked that question what did what was our and I'm not sure you know please I'm really no expert but you know both of my girls absolutely love the natural yogurt like the Yeo Valley one so quite early on I introduced that I'm not sure of what age you're meant to introduce yogurt but they both loved it and um, I would often mix a bit of that in with um, other things they're having to kind of make it nice and creamy um, cauliflower that was good I, and, and things like lentils the dal with the carrots in and the onions again onions I'm not sure when you're meant to introduce them but cooked down with a load of coconut milk and it's it's really yum oh my god for adults too that sounds delicious add your ginger in your spices because the babies like it and it goes very um soft naturally so you don't need to blend yeah really nutritious i love that that sounds delicious yeah i think most foods are i mean apart from added salt sugar and honey um foods like dairy like onion you can offer from six months i actually um for liba's first food i offered um just the white part of a leek cooked down because um, mm. it's quite soft and um, quite sweet as well. Um, so she loved that, I remember. But I think Arthur, actually, he just had, poor thing, just had a mama-made butternut squash puree. Delicious though. I did a lot of them. Yeah, they're they're really nice, I have to say, but I felt bad I didn't actually cook it myself. But he um he loves it. Yeah, and you know, very early on as well, I remember I made something and it was veggies, and then I was thinking about I wanted some liquid to blitz, and we'd had a roast chicken the night before, and I made the we had the chicken stock in the slow cooker. And I was like, Well, it's I haven't put any salt in it, and I'll just blitz a little bit of that in with Stella's veg. And I thought that would be really good because it's 
you know, it's got a lot of vitamins in that. Fantastic. That's a really great idea. Um, so what would you say when you look back? I mean, your children are both, as you say, they're, they're quite good eaters. I mean, obviously, everybody has their days. Um, but what do you think did and perhaps didn't work for you um, within the weaning journey? Um, let me think. I remember a very clear stage with Charlotte where she was just not into much. And I remember finding this um, soup that she really liked. I mean, it wasn't even a homemade one. I have to say it was like a cauliflower cheese soup. It's delicious. And she liked that with cheese on toast. And I was like, I feel a terrible mum. I'm giving you this every day, but you're loving it. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with this this week and we'll start next week afresh. So is that kind of thing of like taking away the pressure of you've got to have 8,000 different veg each day. I think with both of mine, with with Charlotte, definitely what's worked is um, in between meals, having a lot of her snacks always were raw veg, which she really loved. And then I felt like if she didn't really want something at mealtime, I knew that she'd had raw carrot, raw cucumber, raw peppers through the day. And she was really into that. So, and with hummus or just by themselves. So to me, I found that a good hat. So I didn't feel guilty. And also she was loving it. Della, there's loads of things that generally don't work. We didn't have any disasters and we didn't have any allergies, but I think I've definitely had a few regrettable moments with myself where I've been a bit like, and I didn't ever want to be this person, kind of like, you've got to finish this or mummy's made this and come on, it's really nice kind of thing. And afterwards, I've always felt bad about that. So hard, yeah. And I think what you basically picked up on is, is such an important point about kind of how as we as parents kind of respond to things make such a difference in the sense of like, yeah, if your child has a sort of fussy period or they're just it's not a great week or yeah, they might be only want the same foods every single day. And, and sometimes it's okay. Kind of the less pressure you put on them, actually that's the quickest way to get through the other side. Whereas if it kind of becomes this battle yeah and it, it sort of become that it makes the whole thing into a bigger deal and maybe that period of only eating cauliflower cheese and cheese on toast <laughs> could have lasted years um but also can't blame her because those foods are just delicious yeah, um, you know when people say oh um, you should definitely model behavior and sit and eat together like of course I do believe that sometimes it's not working with the timings, but you could just sit down and have a snack or whatever. But also I found that a little bit hard because I try to eat my lunch with Stella and I'll be having like a salad and I'll have put loads of like dressing on and vinegar and and she just is like lunging for my food, which is great, but equally it makes it quite stressful for me to eat. A lot of the stuff that, I mean, she's, I'm happy for her to try, to be honest, and then she might be like, oh, this is a bit yucky. But it's, so I was thinking like that has been a little bit hard in a way, sitting and eating with her sometimes. And um, also with the girls the other day, I'd pop something on the table, like a picky plate for Stella, bits and bobs, egg, cheese, bits of bread and things. And Charlotte was just sitting down attacking her dinner. She was loving it. And I thought I was just pottering in the kitchen nearby them. And I thought if I sit down, they're both going really well at the moment. I might distract them. Let's just have a quiet moment and let them eat. They were both doing it. So I think that was that worked really well, just noticing if they're just enjoying it and just keeping in the background maybe and having a quiet moment. Absolutely. I think when we say to sit down with them at mealtime, it does just it does just come down to that 
sort of social element. So mm, if it exactly. doesn't have to come from you, if they're having it with each other, that's so lovely. And that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Then they are just seeing from each other sort of how to encourage eating because they're seeing the other person do it. Um, that's such a lovely little image, though. Once, <laughs> well, once in a while, guys. The other thing, actually, when Charlotte turned around three, maybe, um, I found a lot of me and my friends and I, we found it really good having the play date and then, then eating their dinner together because it really cut the one person didn't have to prepare anything and had their home free the kids always ate better together and we could just sort of be in the background they sat at their little table and I found Charlotte was eating a whole plate of food at someone else's house with stuff that she would refuse at home you know, and vice versa. So I think that's a really good tip with toddlers. That's fantastic. The, it's so true. And I guess if I could summarize our whole chat and think about kind of top tips from Rosie um, and for myself, for anybody getting started, it's sort of to take the pressure off both yourself and the baby and the child, because actually they normally eat better when we're, we're kind of take a step back from the whole situation. I couldn't agree more. And if you think about some things that we are evolutionarily designed to do, we want to keep ourselves alive. So that's, you know, feeding ourselves is one of those things. So I'm sure, you know, the kids have it in them. We've just got to encourage them, give them options, you know, make it easy for them with, you know, soft food at the beginning and make it kind of fun. But they're probably going to want to investigate and feed themselves. So we should give them the space to kind of learn that, I guess. That's beautiful. Yeah, exploring the different colors, the textures, and it doesn't really matter what comes first. Um, we've just given a sort of big range of what comes first. And I would say we, it sounds like we both have quite good eaters. Um, and it, it does sort of come down to the the variety, um, the persistence, the patience, and yeah, just trusting your gut and knowing that, you know, there's lots of noise out there. There's lots of guides. There's lots of lots of checklists. Um, but there really isn't any right or wrong. And there's really only following your baby. Um, yeah, again, just trusting your gut. Couldn't agree more so. Sophie, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Rosie, for joining me. Um, I've really enjoyed this chat. I, I hope you have as much as yeah, I Yeah, me too. I've loved it. I want to like, if I had time, I'd go and do some batch cooking now. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so much for having me on. No, thank you so much. And for anyone um, who's listening in, you can follow us, Hello Mama Made on Instagram. And Rosie is at Mama Well UK. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, just thank you so much um, for tuning in. And you can find us and this episode on Apple's podcast platform and on Spotify. Thank you so much again, Rosie, for joining us. Thank you, Sophie. It's been a pleasure. We'll speak soon. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. That is it for this first episode of the Mama Made podcast. We'll be back with even more episodes about weaning and parenting in general with some very familiar faces. So don't be shy. Send us all your questions, share all your weaning wins, and follow us at Hello Mama Made. You can follow me at Sophie M. Barron and follow Rosie at Mama Well. And just remember that we're always here with you throughout this journey. So don't be a stranger. <laughs>